everyone. Thanks for joining me in another of our acclaimed franchise radio shows. To do today's a, a special one because I've been working for a while to have a chat with Brendan and Nathan, who I'll introduce you to in a moment. Um, and they're a couple of talented guys um, with a business that I think is potentially of help to everybody, uh, wherever you are on the spectrum of franchising or business, big or small. Um, so in this instalment of our, uh, our franchise radio show, we're going to share a few of their, their secrets to how they run their business and, uh, and I'll, I suppose answer a few questions that I think the average person may well have. So without any doubt, make sure you've got your pen and paper there and uh, do make any notes when you're going through it. I'll give you their contact details at the end of the, of the interview and you're welcome to get in touch with them through directly or with myself if you wish. So today I'm talking to Brendan and Nathan Forward. They have a, an HR business called SBV People. And it's quite interesting because their journey into that really, I suppose, is, is up what I think gives them the credibility. Um, they're an outsourced HR team. They work with business owners and leadership teams and across the whole spectrum of franchises and businesses and so on. And their background, in Brendan's case, he had a career in HR, worked in insurance, banking, aviation, um, and um, been quite heavily involved in motivation and starting up, starting up consulting in the mining area. Um, some expertise in that area. Worked in hospitality. <laughs> Get this, he washed trucks, sold insurance, <laughs> and he's a bit of a sports tragic. Well, joined the group of us. I'm sure there's plenty of us there. Um, so he's certainly got a passion for helping people in business. And I think his main pulse is that, or main ability, I suppose, is is the ability to understand people and business cultures so that um, he, he can assist them. With Nathan, from his point of view, he's had a career in industrial relations and got really in the heavy end with the Queensland government regulators involved with fair work and all that type of thing. Uh, had roles there and was involved in some of the high-profile sort of disputes of the last four or five years with 7-Eleven and Domino's where you'd probably remember there was a lot of publicity around those items which has subsequently been, I suppose, caused amendments to the franchise code and legislation. So, uh, so with regards to the pair of them, they offer a really great combination of talents, I think. Um, and their real skill is helping employers meet their obligations and so forth. So within a few years of establishing their business, um, Nathan and Brendan have managed to, I think, reduce the stress for a lot of people because they remove a lot of HR compliance, headaches and so forth. Um, and it's a complicated area we know these days to try and tread your way through that. So without any more ado, I guess, I'll run into uh, saying good morning to you both, Brendan and Nathan Forward. How are you today? Morning, Brian. Morning, Brian. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's a real pleasure. <laughs> It's a pleasure. Anything you'd like to add to that brief sort of bio uh, I went through there? Nothing, uh, nothing specifically, but the last couple of years throwing in COVID has, has really made it very interesting in the HR landscape. So uh, a lot of businesses doing it tough and, and business owners challenged at the moment with what's going on in the world. Yes, which all leads to potential uh, issues, disputes and so forth. And I guess that's where you're your resources, your strength and your experience come to uh, to the fore. So um, if we look at franchising specifically, um, what, what areas of HR do you need to be aware of, particularly if you're a franchisor? 
Well, there's a couple of areas uh, specifically for franchise businesses. The first one, particularly, I suppose, from a HR perspective, uh, that really, really needs focus is recruitment and onboarding of, of staff. And the reason for that is there is a lot of research that you'll be able to find around the world that, that points to the fact that a lot of time, money and resources go into trying to find the right people. And then when you bring them on, you really want them to be able to get up to speed as quickly as possible and be able to add value to your business. And so onboarding them and having a process and having a way formally of helping introduce people into your business is going to help um, help them to become job ready more quickly. It'll save you money in the long run because they'll be more productive. And they're more likely to hang around too. The research shows that people are more likely to stay in your business and you retain them as well. So it's a big area, but more broadly in terms of recruitment, onboarding, getting that right is very important. So I suppose if we look at HR, then you've sort of addressed a few of the ways that HR sort of best supports franchise owners to run their business successfully. Anything else from the point of view of providing them with support and so forth you'd like to add to that? Yeah, so the best way that um, most businesses or most franchises in general will see support from either having an in-source or outsourced HR uh, roles in their, their system would be They've got someone that can play a role of an educator and knows the things that they don't know. Um, they have people who can provide advice on things like award interpretation, what their obligations are. They tend to focus more on a proactive um, regime of trying to get things right rather than dealing with the problems after they've happened. And they just bring process. So it just helps bring systems and processes to the franchise and the business where sometimes that's not what is given. Um, the other thing is really, the compliance standpoint. So we've seen over the last probably five to 10 years that regulatory agencies are holding franchisors um, more responsible for everything that happens in their system. So um, it's gone in the days of that's theirs, it's their problem. And are in the days where it's more like if the, if the, if the kids play up, the parents are going to be the ones that get in trouble. And that impacts everybody in the system through, you know, we've seen it media, reputational damage and the rest. Yeah, so I suppose when we look at that, uh, there's, there's a, I guess it's an ideal stepping point where a small business um, may access, you know, may have someone on board who looks after their HR in a fairly informal way. Um, and then you, you progress to larger firms that have a department. Where's that sort of threshold and what's the benefit of outsourcing some of that? to perhaps well, may indeed save you some, uh, some ongoing expensive of uh, having to have less staff and everything else that that includes. Yeah. We sort of found um, over the last few years that um, it doesn't really matter what size business you have, you can use the assistance. Um, business owners are usually business owners because they're good at what they do and they don't always know everything. Um, and I think the model that larger businesses show is that having the right people to support them is where they really get the benefit. Right, so um, we, we know that the field is a complicated one and it can get quite expensive and time-consuming when you get issues, disputes with people. So you need to resolve them quickly. So what, what are the, some of the common mistakes that people in franchising, as franchisees always make with regards to, uh, to mm. HR? Well, I think some, some, it's sort of like I use the example of renovating your house. So, you know, if, I've, if I can 
want to renovate my bathroom, I can do the plumbing and I can do the tiling. But the thing that happens with that is, for example, the floods that are around at the moment, or if you get a water leak, then there's, there's obviously a risk involved if you're not doing it every day. We do HR every day, so we spend all our time focusing on that. Um, there's the risk involved. So if something does go wrong or you don't get it quite right, then that can come back and bite you. And I suppose thinking about it more broadly is from a time perspective, all business owners that we speak to are time poor. And so you're trading time for money. And so there's this trade-off between risk and time and resources in money. And how we try and position the, the services that we offer is we want to try and be commercial. We want to help you um, stay compliant. And in doing so, the money that you pay or the investment that you make allows you to be able to run the business knowing that you've got peace of mind, that the things you need to have in place are in place, that you've got people that you can call on that focus on HR every day if you have things that blow up um, and you need help immediately. But really where we try and focus our attention with that with the businesses we work with is being proactive and focusing long-term. So having a plan, having things in place so that hopefully you can avoid them from happening. And that's part of, uh, I suppose, the, the angle from Nathan's perspective and him being in the businesses, having spent time where businesses end up, fair work, because they haven't necessarily got things right. We're trying to help business owners avoid getting there in the first place by planning ahead and being proactive to nip things in the bud early. Yeah, look, and, and I, I guess, um, I suppose I'm interested in a couple of areas. Uh, you mentioned that you've worked with, um, uh, you know, with Domino's and with 7-Eleven in the past. So seen some really big picture stuff. Um, how do you find it working with smaller businesses? Because obviously the demands and the, the flexibility of the business are quite different. Yeah, absolutely. Working with smaller businesses, it's... I guess for me, coming from a compliance background, I, I sort of try to take the same approach into most, um, and most businesses suffer the same ailments, I guess, just at different levels. The biggest issue with smaller businesses is they have less systems, they have less processes, and um, you know, business owners have 50 things to worry about in running a business. Whereas larger corporations have the luxury of having HR departments and finance departments and the rest. So what we try to do with most of our clients and their professional systems or, or advisors they work with is to, to bring um, the understanding of big, big, of big business problems, converting that into how that would look at a smaller level and helping them make things more commercial by using the areas of flexibility that exist um, and making sure that they do the small things right. So we talked about earlier, Onboarding. Big businesses have large departments that can onboard staff and give an awesome experience to people coming in. They have strategy around the people they want to employ, strategy around the roles they want to fill. A lot of small business owners don't have that luxury and they spend a lot of their time doing things out of necessity or reaction. So we try to bring in some of those systems and processes to make sure that their staff have the best experience in the workplace. Because that's, you know, oftentimes more than not, their largest spend is their staff. Right, yeah, yeah, that, that, that makes sense. Um, but uh, I suppose the question then is, and I'm, I'm thinking about this, this sort of tipping point when someone needs to get external sort of advice and so on. So, you know, could you do, do you believe a franchise or can run a successful business without HR support? 
Well, most businesses, a lot of businesses don't use a HR provider very much. It might be that they get them to do employment contracts or a lot of the compliance-based aspects of what they do. So businesses are running and some of them successful, some of them are not without having HR support. Uh, where, we, where we sort of look at HR is at a few different levels that you can get support with. So some of the businesses that we work with just want compliance support only. So this is where we help them build their policies, processes, systems, structures, and they have the ability to call us if there's something that comes up that they need to deal with. It's just purely compliance. Where it then goes to is uh, strategic HR and compliance. So this is where we get more involved with the business owners planning ahead and looking at, um, I suppose, more strategic workforce planning, as well as making sure that uh, your costs and compliance aspects are being covered. And then the bigger businesses or the businesses that feel they really want to have HR support um, will do outsourced HR. And so this is where it's a done-for-you type of service where we are essentially the HR business manager, the HR business partner. We support the business owner. We get heavily involved in the way HR happens inside the business. And from there, I suppose the other aspect is sometimes people just want projects done. So for some of the businesses we work with, it's they just want an audit done to make sure that their award classifications are correct and they're paying people correctly um, so that we can look back and see that it's all going well. And if there are some things that need to be changed, then they're looking forward to going, all right, what well, do we put in place? And we advise them on that. Um, the question you asked around, you know, what's the right size and how does it work is we, we look at when, a, when a, a business starts to get complex and a business owner starts to realise that it's getting a little bit over their head in terms of being able to wrap their arms around leading and managing their staff and staying across compliance, um, that's, that's usually the time. That can be different for different business owners. We've got some business owners that might have 30 to 50 staff and they're sort of comfortable enough dealing with all of that stuff, whereas some of the owners have got five staff and they're like pulling their hair out because they just can't stay on top of it because they're working in the business and they just can't make it all happen together. So I think once a business probably gets to about 30 to 50 plus, if you haven't got your systems and processes in place, if the owner or the managers aren't that interested or excited in HR, they're probably the signals to go, you need to start thinking about it. And where we try and work is we try and be that middle ground where we offer that outsourced HR support and try and build the businesses if they want to grow to 70 to 100 plus staff, that's when they should be bringing in an HR person internally. And so they can either take all of that on and it can be just purely in-house or we can provide some advisory oversight to the point until they're comfortable to be able to do it in-house or a mixture of the two. That, that makes absolute sense. I mean, as you appreciate, I mean, the core of our business really is systems because franchising, in, in essence, if you want the shortest definition, is probably a well-systemized business that is profitable. Absolutely. And yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, and traditionally that would have been done in-house, but, you know, the world's become very much more complicated. So, um, and particularly as uh, often people scrutinize the franchise in more detail than a conventional business because they feel they've got the resources and the funds to be able to, um, you know, to, to meet any any awards or expenses or or da damages that they can find if they can construe a case. Because I've certainly seen some very, well, what would you call them? I mean, the, 
there are cases where really you'd have to say that people are just really, I suppose, exploiting the situation of the franchise or not quite blackmail, but certainly coercion, you know, to, uh, to get rid of the problem before it uh, gets exacerbated. Yeah. Yeah. So, so um, th thanks for that. So I suppose if we look a little bit further, um, when you look at HR, we've covered a bit of ground here, but I don't want to repeat myself, but what, what areas do you think are really the most essential to get right? Yeah, if we look at, you know, an HR perspective to get a business working at its optimum. Well, I think you nailed it. it, it and obviously the, the audience that, you're, um, that you have, the majority are going to be in the franchise world, it, it's about systems and processes. So it's people systems and it's information systems. And they need to match together because no business can run without people and good businesses run and they have information systems. So it's trying to get the mixture of those two right. And it does require you to um, sit back and look at the business. So spend some time working on the business, thinking about uh, what, what's the, the, the workforce that I need, planning ahead and thinking about it, but also having the system. So that I suppose the compliance aspect from a HR perspective, but it could be simple as, you know, it's a new person coming on, just it could be a checklist. So when that person walks in the door on day one, uh, what are the what are the five to ten things that you need to show that person uh, when they first start? And, and often we encourage and try and build into the businesses of having a 90-day focus when someone first comes into the business. And what it just does is, uh, like, we, we love when we can help people systemize things because it creates more calmness, uh, less chaos, less reactivity, more proactivity. So in a general sense, they're all the things that businesses really should be striving towards. And every business has a different nature to it. Every business owner has their own way of looking at things. And I think it's about trying to find the way that works best for you, but keeping it simple. Uh, Nathan said earlier, we obviously worked in big business and in government, but we don't see any benefit in having complicated uh, systems and processes and things in place. The, the more pragmatic that you can make it and the easier you can make it to be used and applied, to me, that's the best uh, the best process and um, thing to focus on. Yeah, look, I, I, I guess, you know, it's, it's, it's the sort of the carrot and the stick, isn't it? Uh, it's probably yep. the threat of, um, of issues and challenges, the time wasting, all the rest that's going to involve getting dragged in front of commissions and, you know, whoever, um, boards mm -hmm. and so on, that will encourage people to do it. Because from my experience, you know, a, a lot of businesses really have inadequate systems. We look at franchising, a lot have got a start, but most of the ones I look at, small and large, um, don't have, to my mind, adequate systems for their franchise or operation. They may well have a well-documented system for their franchisee, who's out there in the field, driving around their van, servicing cars or serving food or whatever it might be. But when it comes to the franchise or side of the operation, that's not something a lot of people embrace. Um, they, they, they overlook it for the sake of its expediency. Let's get this business launched. Get it, let's get it out there. Um, let's get the cash flow going. And then it becomes one of those things that never quite gets done. Um, and, and HR fits very, very clearly in that space, I suppose. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's very easy to uh, avoid it um, if, if you're not that familiar with it. And uh, 
you know, put it in the drawer and it will go away. But the reality is it won't, will it? Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's the reactive nature of, you know, you, you put it to the side, hopes that it never happens. And then when it does, uh, if you don't have anyone to help with, that's when um, everyone will start Googling or calling someone they know and getting their advice. And that's <laughs> why we, we, we look to try and um, work with businesses and get, in, um, get involved so that when things do happen, uh, we're there to support them. And they can just pick up the phone literally or email and get in touch and we can provide um, our, our insights there and then. So I'm putting on a new staff member, for example, what would you be suggesting that our operation, we've got you know, a handful of staff, um, if I wanted to use your services, what would be my next step, really, if I said, look, I'm, I'm putting on a new systems analyst, um, what, what would you be suggesting that, uh, that I did as part of that process? So generally speaking, the advice we would always give to any client, regardless of whether they're a franchise or a business or other, is make their experience coming into the business good. There's so much resource out there, research, sorry, out there that shows that staff that have good onboarding experiences are more likely to stay with the business for more than three years. Um, and turnover of staff costs a lot of money. Um, but some of the things that we would normally speak to is, look, saying, do you know who the right person for the job is? Do you know what the right skills and experience are? And have you thought about what that job or, or what skills are needed in specifically in that job? Have you created clarity around what the job contains? So do you have a good position description? Are you going to be able to say to staff, this is what our expectations of you are in the first week, month, six month, year? Um, are you communicating with new hires? So are you bring in a new system analyst? Are you meeting with them, making them feel welcome as part of the team, pointing out the areas that you need them to improve um, and, and making sure that you set them up for success um, and just making sure that you understand basic employment laws. I mean, there's so many things going around. There's policies, procedures, etc. Not all of it is enshrined in law. So there's certain things that you need to get right and there are certain areas where how you have flexibility to build better systems for your business. And it's understanding and knowing where you can apply that flexibility um, in good onboarding processes to make sure that you have good staff for the long term, um, which is often one of the things where you, when you have franchises um, and they're often businesses with smaller staff, staffing levels, maybe five to 15 employees, et cetera. More often than not, and especially in the current recruitment climate, they're just hiring to fill seats. Um, and they might not have necessarily the, the optimum choices available um, to them. So by having a good system, you can sometimes get lucky, get someone who doesn't necessarily have the skills you need, but build them into a good employee, uh, which long-term might reward you with better retention as well. That, that makes sense. I wonder whether uh, focusing on the smaller sort of business, you know, when we're talking, you know, less than 50 staff, for example, um, without necessarily sharing the names, um, could, could you quote me a couple of case studies of sort of situations that have arisen uh, that, are, you know, that, that are comparatively typical and that would perhaps alert our listeners to the sort of situation that they could find themselves in and how they can get help? Yeah, sure. Um, probably as a good case study, we've got a client that is um, a mobile mechanic. Um, 
around two years ago, they had what was a solid business, two staff, the owner um, and another mechanic. Uh, and they found themselves in a really bad situation where their staff member said, I want to go out on my own and do my own thing. Um, for the next six months, they they were like, we've got to find another, we've got to find another John. We've got to find another John. We have to have John. I said, well, why do you need a John? They said, because John can do everything. I said, well, that's fine. But how many people out there do you think are a John? And if that's 2% of the people who are working in that trade, um, sometimes it's better about going, well, instead of finding another John, we'll look, look at as the owner of the business, what are the five things you want to be doing day to day in your business? And then what don't you want to be doing? Because if you want to be doing specialized high level work, which requires a certain level of experience, which only you have because of your experience in uh, work. So this um, client he used to build V8 supercars and so forth. So very high level mechanical skills. Let's go and just find the people who are possibly cheaper to hire. There's more of them that can do all of the basic servicing that have enough skills to get by to allow you to work in the specific jobs you want. And two years later, they've got five staff. Um, they weren't getting any chance to have holidays previously. They're going on holidays every six months. Um, and we've been able to say, you don't necessarily have to clone yourself, but what you can do is focus on one of the areas where you want to spend most of your time and then look at recruiting in the areas where you don't. And so you get a better composition of staff with a broader skill base um, and ability to do that. Uh, that's at one point, Brendan. Some of the other examples uh, in relation to there's a specialization aspect, but then there's the, the leadership aspect of it. And in a couple of the businesses we work with, they've got about um, 30 to 35 staff in the businesses. And it gets to that point where the business owners are highly technical and they know the business, but now they've got too much on their plate to manage all of that. And so what we've found is that it's sometimes important and useful to build structure into your business. So building promotion in, so you, um, in a couple of the business, we brought built in some heads of department. So what it's done is it's created a layer between the owners of the business and the staff, not to, not because the owners don't want to work or, you know, it's not because they're up in their ivory tower. It's creating a level of hierarchy from a decision-making perspective and the ability for the business as it grows and expands to be able to continue to survive and thrive um, in that environment. So we've looked at bringing in leaders and managers and put them in positions that helps the business owner stay looking longer term and being strategic and then promoting, which is also a good thing internally and bringing these leaders into new roles and, and helping them develop their skills but it actually helps them to be able to support the workforce because we focus those, those managers on this is what we need you to support from an operational perspective. And then what we do is we have um, leadership meetings, whether it be monthly, every six weeks, where we talk at a senior leadership level around the, the key strategic things from the business. So it's around hierarchy and bringing in structure uh, that also helps some of these businesses to grow. I can see why your business is so successful because I suppose a couple of key things we find when we're talking with clients of ours that want to franchise their business and are perhaps going through that process, they nearly all have the misunderstanding and saying, yep, my first franchisee, I want someone like me. And we know well enough that 
you, what you don't want as a franchisee is an out and out raw entrepreneur, which is probably what the franchisor is. So that's one thing that they get wrong. And, and the other one is that classic you were referring to, delegation leverage, if you like, where they, they just won't let go. Um, and that is such a huge challenge for people. It's, uh, it's that lack of, trust, lack of trust in leaving someone else to be responsible for doing something and recognizing there's often more than one way of killing the cat, as it were. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, I, I can I can appreciate your that service of yours there can be really really helpful for a, a business in that growing stage. Uh, and and I think the, the thing is a lot of business owners understand and acknowledge those couple of points, but they just don't quite know how to do it. Yeah. So it's not necessarily that um, our business is unique. There's there's lots of HR people out there that know this stuff, but I think it's about surrounding more broadly surrounding yourself with people, whether it's around payroll uh, and, and other facets of your business, not just HR, building a team around you to support you, to help you scaffold your business up as you grow. I think that's the, the message too. But from a HR perspective, they're the areas we find uh, are most helpful. In the, I guess, sorry. Um, Carry on. The direct, the direct benefit in doing that and what we've seen with a few clients who have got to the point in going, we're ready to step out of our business or sell our business is once you've created the hierarchy underneath you, if the business isn't reliant on you, it's much easier to step out and be able to sell a business, which in franchise land is um, sort of a, an important aspect because it's an asset to you. Um, if you build the right management staff, you build the right processes, systems, structures, and you've got a franchisee that goes on ready to buy into another business so that I've got multi-site or I'm ready to step away. If you've got the right hierarchies in place, it definitely makes managing and running that business much easier because again, you can spend time dealing with the areas you want to deal with and have good people in roles dealing with staff or, um, you know, stock ordering or any of those other things that really can pull you back down into the business. Yeah, look, the point you mentioned there um, um, in that bit of conversation was the, the fact that what people don't realise is when they are creating a systemized business, uh, albeit a franchise or standalone, bricks and mortar, whatever, is that they're actually converting it from a business that's probably got a questionable value if it came to sell to an asset that, number one, they maybe will be able to gear against or borrow against, but also that can be attractive to people to purchase so I, I, I suppose I hadn't really thought as much before about how HR can perform a role to dovetail into that to uh, to help facilitate it for people but that that's um that's a good point looking at the broader picture and the long-term picture as well of course we, we often ask that question in the very early meetings with clients is well what what are your goals mm -hmm. and it look it took five ten years ahead are you still in the business have you sold it or are you sort of step back, just getting your dividend and it's just ticking along. What, what do you want? And they don't often know because they haven't probably thought about it. But once they have some sort of understanding of the direction they want to go in, that helps us build the workforce and plan towards that. Uh, yeah, look, I, I think moving forward after the experiences of COVID the last couple of years and, and prior to that, you know, legislation in all areas of business becoming more complicated, if you want to grow, it be, it's becoming more of a challenge, but also becoming more essential because businesses that aren't well systemized, well documented with the right process in place are just going to basically disappear. I think it's as simple and as brutal as that. And we're covering 
everything, of course, from IT and so on, not just the HR side. But obviously, HR is a great starting point because after all said and done, any business is it's it's all about people. It's that simple, isn't it? Um, Absolutely, and and we're often the the ones that they don't necessarily have anyone else to talk to about the different things they're trying to ruminate over in their mind as well. So often we are getting involved in conversations around certain decisions that they're trying to make and we don't offer our solutions to it. But, um, you know, part of the part of what we do is coaching in a way where we're just asking the questions. So I spend a lot of my time being that person. They bounce things off because they don't have someone in the business they can talk to. They might not have someone in their family network that they can talk to. And so often... Uh, that's where those conversations go when we're checking in with the owners as well around how they're going generally uh, and try and help them get to those answers as well. Yeah, look, Brendan, that's been really quite interesting. I think quite valuable. I hope everyone listening has, has found it of interest. Was there anything you'd like to add before we wrap up today's interview? There was, there's probably one thing. Uh, obviously, it's always about... Um, What's the, what's the investment in HR? Because a lot of people think that it's all about just running workshops and uh, all the fluffy stuff in HR, particularly from the, the corporate world. And some of the things that you can really focus on to help you make sure you get your return on investment from a HR perspective are things like benchmarking. So every business has um, a wages over turnover ratio. A lot of industries have those benchmarks available. So you can use those things to help you determine where you're at from a, I suppose, a workforce cost perspective. Uh, also productivity and performance metrics as well for the business and for your staff. Just having them in place. Sometimes it's not always easy to get the data, but just by having something um, can help. I, I use a, a phrase often, what gets measured gets improved. And so just simply by having a focus on something can help you um, create a bit of certainty and focus. Uh, things like absenteeism and turnover are great measures that you can use. Even if um, your business does have high turnover, if you can see year on year that it's dropping, even if you've got 50% turnover, if it's dropping to 40% from one year to the next, you've, you've at least got some indicator um, that there's some progress in the direction you want. We also use employee surveys, anonymous employee surveys to get feedback on engagement and culture. And probably I suppose in terms of the way the business is led and managed is having rhythms in place like a, a monthly meeting like if a business isn't meeting to talk about how it's going and its people I think that's probably one of my biggest pieces of advice is just create a rhythm for meeting and talking about those things uh, and earlier the last point I'll make is uh, audits, audits in terms of compliance and making sure that your systems and processes are in place they're probably the big ones because I know that for a lot of business owners, we'll talk to them about what we do. And when we um, start talking about how much it's going to cost for the service, often they don't have anything to measure it. Like they've got nothing to compare it against. Yeah. So these are just some of the ways that we help the businesses we work with to have some type of measure for their return on investment. Right. I love that expression you use there, the rhythm of your meetings. Uh, we're big on meetings. I mean, often daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, annually with your conferences, but the rhythm of having it so it's really part and parcel of that, that routine. 
um, is rather than coming up as a surprise, I think it's a, a great way of expressing it. So that's a word I'm going to I'm going to borrow. <laughs> so, nice, yeah. All right. So I, I I know when we were in contact earlier, um, you you mentioned that you offer a, a five point HR audit check, health check, um, with any business owner to have a look at their their, their people and their culture and workforce composition and that type of thing. Um, how can somebody contact you in order to discuss that? Usually it's, it's nice. To, obviously, if they're in, in person, we can have a chat with them face-to-face, -face, have a meeting with them. Um, if, they're, uh, if we can't get to meet in person, then we can obviously use technology to have a discussion. But often that's the best place to start is just to have a meeting. These, these areas that we look at are really just discussion points and it just helps the business owner to get a bit of clarity and, and understand where they're at. And then the idea is then we give them a chance to go, well, uh, now you've got some clarity of where you are, where do you want to go? Mm. And so that's, that's where we look to go. And it could be us or it might not be, but we want to just help build some clarity first and then a, a plan to progress things towards where you're trying to go, depending on, as we're talking about what your goals are for you, yourself and your business long-term. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Sounds like it's well worth taking the opportunity of, uh, of that. Where, where uh, should they contact you um, in order to you know, make an appointment or have a quick chat or learn a bit more? Yeah, well, we've, um, I can give you the details uh, for my email address and phone number. We can just call us directly. And we've also got our, our website, uh, which we can put into the, uh, into the information. For the yeah, podcast so the web, as well. Website, uh, can you just, just 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 dictate that for our listeners and myself, and we'll make sure we've got that. Yep. Yeah. So the website for us is www.sbbpartners.com.au forward slash people. Okay. All right. Forward slash people. I guess you've got a contact form or something like that on the website. We've got a um yeah a, a contact at sbbpeople. Oh, sorry, a connect at sbbpeople.com.au. Okay. That's probably the best thing, yeah. Uh, you, you volunteered there a phone number in case someone wants to talk to you, you know, as a matter of relative priority. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm happy to give my phone number, uh, yes, 0413 Okay, excellent. All right, well, thanks, guys. I really appreciate the time you spent. Quite interesting. I've learned a bit more today. That's always good. That's the, the privilege I have of conducting these interviews uh, uh, with wide-ranging, experienced people like yourself. So um, I'd like to thank you. Thank everyone who's been listening and uh, say cheerio to, 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 the, to the guys here, um, Brendan and Nathan, and uh, look forward to catching up with our listeners again with our next instalment of uh, the Franchise Radio Show.